The first parak of the Masechta went through the different levels of severity of the fast which were decreed when it wouldn't rain. So if it reached a certain date and it hadn't yet rained, the Tamid HaChomim would start fasting three fasts. If it reached another date and it still hadn't rained, then the community would have to start fasting. If it still hadn't rained, they would have to start fasting for the night before, they wouldn't be able to work. There would be more restrictions until they reached the fourth level, the final seven fasts on which the shofar is blown, the special davening, etc. The folks of this parak are other tragedies, other occurrences for which fasts would be decreed, but this time it's more of an emergency, and therefore there aren't four different stages of severity and waiting to see if it's going to rain, waiting to see if the situation will become better. Rather, in these cases, we go to the highest level of severity, and immediately the fasts start from the night. It's forbidden to work, to wash oneself, the shops are closed, and all the other restrictions we saw, which apply to the final seven fasts when it comes to a place where it hasn't rained. So those would apply immediately after these situations occur. And then they would just continue fasting Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, until the tragedy or the danger has gone away. Says the Mishnah Sedetanius Eluha Amur, the procedure of decreeing the different levels of severity of fasts, which we spoke about in the first Perek, Birvia Rishaina. That's talking about the first time for it to rain. If we're still waiting for the first rain of the winter season, so then the fasts are decreed in a gradual way. I will tzamachim shashonu, but plants which grew in an irregular way. For example, that year's produce was growing with very bad quality. Or if thorns and thistles are coming up from the ground instead of the grain which we want, we would blow the shofar for them immediately. And as well as blowing the shofar, also everything else which applies in the final level of severity of fast, which we discussed in the first parak, that would apply immediately in this situation. The same would apply to a situation where the rain stopped in between one rain and another rain for at least 40 days. So this time it did rain for the first time, but then after that it stopped raining for 40 days. So this is considered to be a bigger emergency than when it hasn't rained at all. Because now the produce has sort of started to grow because it's received some water. But then if it doesn't get any more water after that, then everything which started growing is going to die. So that's considered a worse situation, and so Masyuna Miyad, they would blow the shofar immediately for those, and observe all of the strict laws of those fasts. Because it is a sign of a famine, a plague of a famine, which can cause a lot of damage to the entire ground. Mishnah Bates, what happens if Yodulat Smochim, if rain had come down for the regular crops which grow directly from the ground? So this is referring to a relatively light rain. That's the sort of rain which is needed for crop which grows on the ground. Grains such as wheat and barley, Avalo Yodulat Ilan, but rain did not come down for the trees. For trees to grow properly and to produce proper fruit, they require strong rains in order that the water goes deep into the soil so that the roots can absorb the water. So if only light rain fell, or the opposite, if Ilan, if only strong rain for the trees fell, but rain which is needed for the crop, which grows directly on the ground, meaning lighter rain that didn't fall, or even if the rain which was needed for both crop and trees did fall. So there was some light rain, there was some hard, strong rain. However, there was not a lot of it. There wasn't enough to fill the pits with water. For another sort of pit, more of a square-like pit. 
so for the caves where water is stored and all of these things. So if these weren't filled up, so there was not a lot of water that season. Again, it's all very nice that it has started raining, but that can often be even more damaging. If it starts to rain, but not enough, so then bad produce will be produced. It will just cause damage to the ground, and you'll be left with rubbish produce. And therefore, Masrin al-Miyad, they would blow the shofar immediately and observe all of the stricter laws of the stricter fasts. The same applies to a particular city where it didn't rain in that particular city. But everywhere else in that area, it did rain. Like that which is written in, I will cause it to rain on one city, but on another different city, I will cause it not to rain there. Or, I'll cause one area to have rain, let's say one field, but not another field, etc. And the Posse goes on to describe how where it does not rain will dry up, there'll be a severe famine, and so in such a situation it's very clear that Hashem is punishing that particular city, and is sending a message to that particular city that they need to do tshuva, they need to better their ways and daven to Hashem. So Esau that city, immediately mis'ano masra'as, they fast and blow the shofar and observe all of those stricter laws. And as well as that, says the Mishnah interestingly, the cholzvi seher, all cities which surround that city, According to most, this refers to only the cities which immediately border that city. Although according to others, it applies actually to all of the cities in the entire Eretz Israel. The point is that even other cities where it does rain, Misanois, they need to fast, Velomasriais, but they don't need to blow the shofar. And they don't need to observe all of the stricter laws of the fasts. However, they do need to fast as well. And there are two reasons for this. Number one, they are likely to also be affected by the famine in the other city because people in that city will end up coming to their city in order to buy food and water, and there'll end up being a a shortage even for people in that city, because it will need to provide for that other city where it hadn't rained. So they are also in danger of having a lack of food and water. And the second reason is even if they weren't affected by it, they need to daven and share in the pain of their neighboring city, and show that they care and take responsibility for this danger, and that's why they also fast. Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva says, it's true that the surrounding cities do need to do something as well, but it's the opposite. They need to blow the shofar, but they don't need to fast. According to both the Tanakama and Rabbi Akiva, the other cities need to spend that day davening for the city where there's going to be a famine, where it's not raining, and the Gemara explains that they are arguing about whether their davening is similar to the davening of Rosh Hashanah or similar to the davening of Yom Kippur. On Rosh Hashanah we blow the shofar and we don't fast, whereas on Yom Kippur we fast but don't blow the shofar. So that's the depth behind the opinions of the Tanakam and Akiva about whether this day is considered to be more similar to Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur. Mishdalad, more examples. Similarly, a city which has a plague in that city of people dying. Or a occurrence of buildings collapsing. And this refers to where buildings collapse for no apparent reason. The buildings are strong. They're not near water, which might weaken the walls. There's a discussion what exactly would be the halacha if there's an earthquake. But the point is, if it's quite clear that it's a direct sign and message from Hashem that this random tragedy occurred to this city, so once again, that city needs to fast and by the shofar and observe all of those strict laws. And all of the surrounding cities, they would fast and not blow the shofar. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, just like in the previous Mishnah, they would blow the shofar and not fast, because it's more similar to Rosh Hashanah, not Yom Kippur. 
in this case, the second reason which we gave in the previous Mishnah would be more applicable, that the surrounding cities need to show that they share in that city's pain, and that they are also davening for that city. Although it could be that the first reason also does apply, there might be a danger of the plague spreading, but either way, the other cities do also need to partake, either in the fasting or in the blowing of the shofar. And the mission now defines Ezodever. What is considered to be a real plague that would be a cause to fast? How many people would need to die for this to be a cause of worry? So if a city brings out 500 foot soldiers, and this is referring to people who are fit to be soldiers in a time of war, namely men, men who are not too old, not too young, they're not children, they're not women. So if there are 500 adult men who are not too old to fight, so if it's a city of that size, and three people die on three days, one after the other. So one person dies on one day, the next day another person dies, the next day another person dies. In a city of only 500 men, and three of those men die in three days, and it's in a pattern, one after the other, in one, one on each day. So again, that's a clear sign that Harizadevra, that's considered a real plague, and a straight message from Hashem, and so they would have to decree these fasts immediately. If it's less than that, and that's referring to both the pe- number of people and the number of days. If it's less than three people who die, or if it occurs in less than three days, so you've got no indication that it's a clear pattern. It could just be a random couple of deaths. So in that case, it's not considered to be a plague, and fasts would not need to be decreed. So that's the general proportion. Three out of 500 men, so if it was a much larger city, then it would require more deaths would be required to decree the fasts. For example, if there are a thousand men in the city, then they would decree fasts if two people die on each day for three days in a row.